Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I am Blake Fisher, and I am joined in person for the first time since, I think, episode three, where we're all in the same room. Yeah. What What did we do? Blink-182? No, I think it was Newfound Glory that we did oh, okay. all together. Yep. So anyway, joined in person by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. We're all in the same sup, room. Sup. We're socially distanced enough. Yeah, I, right? yeah, yeah. I was just on an airplane with like 300 people. We're fine. <laughs> We're all gonna die. It's fine. I ate some uh, uh, Fritos, and when I had my mask <laughs> off eating the Fritos, and then I looked at my hand, and I had the Frito, the, the Cheeto dust, and I was like, I have no idea what to do here. Lick it. Wait, I did no, yeah, or Cheetos? Cheetos. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I was like Frito dust. <laughs> <laughs> you have COVID, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> that is a symptom of COVID. I'm I'm certain. <laughs> And Blake's house doesn't smell like anything. That's so weird about Blake's house, isn't it? It just doesn't have a smell. Oh my gosh. Um, anyway, so it's nice to be in the same room together. Uh, we're normally doing this remotely because Chris lives in Texas, uh, in case you hadn't picked up on that. Uh, anywho, uh, we're super glad you joined us for this episode. Uh, we would love it, of course, if you subscribe to the podcast and if you gave us glowing five-star reviews for the podcast. Uh, give us five-star reviews and Chris won't get COVID. Okay? That's right. That's how yep. you prevent him. Yep. It's not masks. It's not washing your hands. It's not social distancing. It's a, if you give us good reviews, Chris won't get COVID. That's right. It's not powder-free Fritos. <laughs> no, it's not Frito <laughs> dust. That's not how you uh, prevent it. Uh, and yeah, of course, like I said, subscribe. That'd be great. On on Apple, on uh, Google, on Stitcher, on Spotify, any of those podcast apps. They all work. Overcast. It's on all of them. Uh, I don't actually know about Overcast. Right. Is, that, is right. that a real podcast app? It is. It's okay. what I use. Uh, okay. Make a, make a podcast app. Write one yourself. Learn to code. Yeah. Then use the subscribe button that you designed yourself. And then use the five-star button. That's full circle. I like it. Uh, Today we are talking about the 2004 album by The Used entitled uh, In Love and Death. And Kyle, tell us, he's got research on paper today. Yeah, you guys, he's like, he looks like a lawyer. Like, he's got like the amicus brief. Like, he pulled it out of his... (laughs) He's got it. There's highlights. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a highlighter. It's awesome. Kyle, tell us about this album. Okay, so um, In Love and Death is the second studio album by The Used. It was released on September 28th, 2004. Uh, it was certified platinum. Yeah, this, this That's baby, like this week. Yeah, this yeah, baby yeah. turned 16 the, this oh, week. Yeah, tweet today, yeah. What a, what a pleasant surprise. We didn't even plan that, but that's a perfect, perfect sweet 16. Yeah. Sweet I planned 16. it. That's the whole idea for the you, podcast. You was it. that all the albums were going to be turning this age? You guys remember? Well, I, mean, I do yeah. remember. <laughs> but we're doing it on the actual week of, which is it, fairly... Yeah, we yeah. haven't done that yet. Chris sent us that thing. They tweeted out today that this was the week that the, the, their album turned sixteen. Yeah, awesome. So, um, this this baby went platinum, which that's uh, pretty big time, pretty big deal. Um, and and like, let's see, I want to skip ahead in my research by printing off Wikipedia, <laughs> um, I love and it. tell you guys. So. Not only did it, not only has it officially received uh, platinum status, but it 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 kicked butt right away. So, ninety three thousand copies in the first week. That's a good first week. Uh, I mean, think about think about that at a rock roses, band now. But it's pretty oh, good. I can't imagine, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, you'd be, I mean, I don't even know if people are selling ninety three thousand copies. Period. Yeah. Now, of physical copies of things. Dude, I well, think, or, I think people I are pumped counts. at like twenty thousand copies. You know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Platinum, uh, produced by John Feldman. 
Yeah. Kind of a big deal. He's a big deal. Um, it came out on uh, Reprise, and I wanted to say that, like, what did it come out on Reprise or did it come out on Maverick originally? I think it's know? I think it's on. It's either Maverick or Warner. It, Warner owned Maverick at the time, but John Feldman was the guy that signed them too. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, I think it was he was he did a stuff for Maverick and Warner at the time. I yeah. think it was Warner proper, but don't quote me on that. So this is the second album, and he did the first one with him. And if you guys are cool with it. I actually highlighted more from Wikipedia than than I ever have, and but I thought that this stuff was all really interesting. Uh, says um, it was recorded at Foxy Studios in Los Angeles, California, with John Feldman in mid March, and uh, Feldman was the en- engineer throughout most of the sessions. The band members argued about the album's direction and had a confrontation with Feldman on multiple occasions. Sounds um, about right. And um, Bert McCracken was quoted as saying. Because uh, he he lost um, he lost a couple friends during the making of this record. One of them being his ex girlfriend, who was pregnant with his their child, which is super sad. Obviously, um, yeah. but he says me having lost two friends, tension within the band, and tension with our producer was mostly positive because it all made the songs come together like magic. It obviously wasn't bad tension. They went on to do other records. I think all their other records with Feldman. No. No, they didn't? No, they departed from John Feldman after this record. They just now came back to him. Oh, they just now came back yeah, to like, him. Yeah, okay. like within the last few records. I He's thought, done a few recently. I thought he did the one that came out after this. No, was, no. I was totally Artwork, wrong about that. No. Okay. No, he came back for Vulnerable, I believe. Okay. Didn't know that. I really was mistaken So about they that. put out Lies for the Liars and Artwork um, I know of without him and then like they always they seem to they're like one of those bands that seem to do weird eps Mm -hmm. right like hey we had two good ideas for a song and then we've got this stuff too that we're gonna throw on there and um and like he didn't do any of that stuff but yeah vulnerable i think was their first uh them getting back together and like i've seen quite a bit of stuff with um with feldman even talking about how like they weren't happy with with where he was pushing them to be. Well, that's crazy because this album sounds Incredible. phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Like it's what? so good. I mean, and I get that like maybe, maybe he was pushing them in, the, in what they were uncomfortable with or something. Obviously I'm, I'm speculating at this point, but like and it actually, sounds amazing. Actually, you know what guys I'm getting, I'm getting my wires crossed and that's why I should stick to the notes. <laughs> I said, I've seen lots of stuff. That, the stuff that I've seen is actually story of the year. Like they were, they didn't like, what he turned them into, oh, okay. which was also awesome. But, yeah. Um, man, he kicks butt. He knows what he's doing. Um, let's see. No, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't like no he Fel- did. Feldman's career kind of jumped off because of the used too, right? Oh, yeah. Like that, he was their first yeah. big project. Okay. Look, I'm gonna, I've got a fact check you, fact check you in the moment. He did <laughs> lies and liars. Lies for the liars? lies for the liars. He did. He did. Producer slash engineer. So then he. It was after that that it might have been after out. that. Then, he did yeah. not do artwork. I know that. That's true. He did vulnerable was the next one he did, yeah. which is 2012. So you're right. So okay. he did the following one. Okay, but not the next one. Which I mean, you know, you can get in a rut with a producer. I think. Although I don't think they did. But I do think artwork is also excellent. Yeah. Do you guys think that uh, this is kind of a tangent? Do you, does Feldman seem like the? Uh, I don't want to say rightful heir, but does he feel like the kind of um, I don't want to say replacement, but sort of like 
uh, to Fields. You know what I mean? Like to who? Wait, or what's his name? Uh, not Fields. Uh, sorry, John. I'm thinking of a different guy. Um, Finn? Jerry Finn. Not oh. Fields. Finn. I mean, I think so, but honestly, I pre- I prefer his production to Jerry Finn's. I think yeah, I do too. They're different. I just feel like the, he kind of took over a lot of that vein of music definitely, right? after definitely. Well, and, Jerry and Finn and died. literally with Blink One Eighty Two. So yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Literally with Blink One Eighty Two. It seems like artists really like they. Trombino was the same way where the artists get like a relationship with with yeah. them, and yes. then they just like they bond. Stick with they, it. They're like members of the band. Yeah. Right. I mean, I should have printed out Feldman's list because it's it's, legit. it's impressive. And and the thing is, like, even if. Even if he has a crap record, um, it still sounds good. <laughs> right, sonically, sonic, sonically right. good sounding crap. But um, in general, I think he's a good shaper of songs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. and usually, I think usually when he when he signs on with people, that he, uh, I think his big deal is he wants to write as well. Yeah. So like yeah. a lot of times when he works with someone, he co-writes. And and honestly, like, yeah, the used is who kind of launched him. I mean. I would I would argue and I'd be wrong, but like I love Goldfinger. They're one of my favorites. So being in Goldfinger it already made him awesome. Right. right. But that um, was not the No no no. He produced some and of that go, stuff. And Goldfinger there. also doesn't show his hand at production, you know. Not at all. No. Um but like if, if we're being honest, I think he made his money on freaking five seconds of summer, right? Like Oh, I bet he made uh, a lot of money before then too. I mean, if you're getting points on these records, he did like the used Ashley Simpson, Good Charlotte, uh, the Matches, yeah. uh, the Veronicas, Cute is What We Aim For. I mean, dude, that's he's, a lot of pretty big records, and, and that's and that's like to name a few, right? Yeah, that's just me like literally glancing down the discography on. Well, yeah, because I would think I would think the two Blink One Eighty Two records would be just. I mean, obviously those guys get to hold their cards a little closer to the chest financially, but right? he's but got you're still. But he's getting, getting writing, writing credits, credits on that too. And on the right? and on on the new record, yeah, I'm pretty sure that like, I'm pretty sure that he wrote co-wrote on oh, more sure. than ninety percent of the yeah. songs. Well, right. I don't know if you guys watched the the we've talked about this like three episodes in a row but jim atkins podcast the the first episode with uh mark they talk about how they do that they basically say like here's an idea and they do that all in the studio they're not like coming in with a song they're literally going like here's a guitar part or here's a melody or something Uh and they're building that together so i mean like you know feldman's as much a part of it as anyone else i don't think it's like a um it's like you said, Chris. He's like a number, another member of the yeah. band, yeah. kind of. I think when he's in there, well, because Kyle was talking about his experience with Goldfinger, so he's got he's a songwriter writing in a band, though, yeah. too, right? Like not just a songwriter, but like someone putting pieces of music together with other musicians. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he's a great producer. And he, he's a personal hero of mine. That's true. Oh, oh he's no. fantastic. Yeah, he's, I mean, his he's, story's pretty cool. Yeah, and and he's got both sides of it. A lot of a lot of well. I don't know if this is really true, but I mean, there's some producers that are just producers. They just do the song stuff like a yeah. Rick Rubin kind of thing. It's like, he's not an engineer. Yeah. He's good at like crafting he a song. drinks his tea and <laughs> but, yeah, does his thing. And makes millions of dollars. Uh, and then there's other ones that are more on the engineer side of things. Like mm-hmm. that would be like a Neil Avron kind of thing. He's like yeah. grew up at, you know, came up as an engineer. And I feel like Feldman's a good mix of obviously a songwriter. And then he's a good engineer too. Like yeah. he, he's got the, He's got that attention to detail, but he also knows how to like craft a song. And I don't feel like that's 
I feel like that's more rare. Like if you yeah. just have someone that gets good sounds, they're not going to help you know when to be like, Hey, you've got a better bridge in you than that. Right. And you need to go ride it kind of thing. You need someone to tell you that kind of stuff, I think, right. or else you, and it sounds like that happened on this record, but they maybe pushed back a little bit on it. Um, but obviously I think, I mean, there's a huge diff. I mean, even though he did the first record, there's a pretty big leap from the first one to this one. Oh yeah. I mean, in like, in song quality and in and in so audio quality, we I know that we differ on this, but I do I do love their debut. I I lo- I I love this band from the moment that I heard them. But this this record is is special. Like it's it's yeah. it's um it's definitely different than the first record. Okay, well that that's a good transition to let's talk about our first impressions of hearing it back in two thousand four when we first heard it. So, Chris, do you want to go first? Sure. I I thought uh you know kind of, I I. I really kind of liked the first record, but I wasn't like a used fan, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I actually, my now wife, uh, who I, we were like on basically our first date and she played that uh, Cut Up Angels song. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, what? And she goes, this is the used. And she was like, right? And I was like, <laughs> what? And she was like, right? You know? And we were like, I was like, this is so cool and interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what? And then when I uh, listened to the whole record, I was like, this is not, like, I think you guys just kind of touched on this. Like, it was very different from the first record. I yeah. liked the first record. I owned it and I listened to it. But this record was, well, I was like, this is really good. And, and they were tricky about it too, because I feel like Take It Away was the perfect way to be like, mm-hmm. all right, we used fans. Here's the second record. We're back and at it. And then you buy it and you're like, they're like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the same. Uh, so, yeah. Kyle, what are your first? Uh, I mean, you, you already really liked the band at that point. Huge fan. Like yeah. in, in, okay. Like not just a huge fan, but one of those bands that I hope that anybody that loves music has a band that when they heard it, it like changed them. Like, you like what is this sound that this band is making? Like I've yeah. never heard something like this before. This is incredible. And the used was that for me. Just everything about them, I dug. And also, the three of us have talked multiple times. I don't know if we have on this podcast, but like we were in pop punk bands or rock ba- ro- pop rock bands, whatever you want to call it. But there were plenty of screamo bands to go around back then, and like I did not like it in general. Yeah, and no, so there was um, something yeah. special about them that stood out to me. I think honestly, it was the co- like looking back and even listening today, it was it was very much the combination of McCracken's Burt McCracken's vocal and Quinn's guitar parts. Like, yep. and the fact that they wrote good songs and they yeah. wrote great songs. Didn't Most hurt. screamo bands didn't did hurt. not write good songs. They no. just screamed and played over stuff. So my first impression of this record was, uh, I instantly loved it, but it was cool. It was, it was a great, it was a fun journey to go on from the first record to this one, being a fan. Like it was, it was new and different. Yeah. I liked the first record. It was not, it didn't, I wasn't like a used fan maybe at that point, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. But this one was like, same thing as Chris was saying. It was like, oh, that is like, they stepped it up. There's layers to this band. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, I remember specifically like my grandparents used to go out of town for like a couple months at a time to Puerto Rico, but that can't be when it was because they did that in January, February. It was in September. They might've been on a trip or something like that. And I think we were recording over there. It might have been when they moved out of that house. I don't remember. But either way, I remember cranking it on the stereo. Oh, definitely. In that living room and just being like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Um, yeah, that's my specific, mem- my specific memory about 
uh, listening to this record. And yeah, it was, it was just like a step up from there's not, there's a few bands like that that were like, oh, okay, I like this first record. It's good. And it almost leaves me with like, not really an expectation of what's coming next. And then you can kind of really sneak up and torpedo me and blow me out of the water kind right, of thing right. with the next one. Uh, and that's kind of what happened here for sure. Like this, this record was, uh, it was a, a pleasant surprise. I also feel like we've talked about second records that rock and I feel it's like hard. It is it's hard it, to do. It is hard to do because I feel like the sophomore slump when it comes to rock bands in particular is like the first record is when you, you probably have less say in what you're making, you know? Yeah. And it's like, Oh, you proved yourself. So now I'm going to make this record. That's about me and I'm going to be an artist. And like, sometimes people go the wrong way and it's not good. And, um, and this one, it's like, oh, wow, there's there's depth to mm-hmm. these dudes. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, what's the famous saying? It's like, you've got your whole life to write your first record, uh, yeah. like 10 months to write yeah. the next one. Yeah. Uh, but it's so true. It's like, you really do have this kind of unlimited time to figure out what to do for that first record. And then all of a sudden it's like, you get off tour and you're like, we got to write a record. And what is it, two years between? The two records, 2002 yeah. and 2004? Well, also, oh, sorry. Is this four 2000 and 2000 and, well, okay. It's 2005. So, so 2003. 2003 to, they release the first one and then 2005. Well, this says one. 2004. Oh, is it 2004? Yeah. yeah sorry. But, but, I'm but no. maybe Memories, it was not a 2003 release. It was a 2002 release, I think. And then they put out like a special edition. Okay. Um, but I was going to say. I was pretty impressed looking at the fact that they recorded it in March and it came out in September. Yeah, that's a like, big turnaround. I, I feel like back then when CDs were still a thing, that's that's pretty fast. Yeah, they had to actually make them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Indies a were always faster at it, though, than that's majors. True. Although they were all, I mean, this was a major release, but obviously it's like kind of connected to, I don't know if it's one of those like white label I mean, things or whatever, they made, but either way, they, they, made, they they made 98,000 copies. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> we know this for sure. So. Yeah, that first week at least. Like, oh crap, we got to print some more. Uh, yeah, so good first impressions. Um, yeah, I really, um, I my biggest first impression about it was like how much the production stepped up, mm. which is, I don't think at the time I realized Feldman did both of them, but like this album sounds so good. So good. Everything about it. There's, you know, I'm always the one whining on here about some guitar that's out of tune <laughs> or something that I don't like. I don't, I can't, I really like took a fine tooth comb over it and I can't find anything. It sounds great in headphones. Oh. sounds great on speakers. Yep. Uh, I cranked it again for the first, so we decided to do this episode uh, my beloved OU Sooners lost in a terrible football game mm. last week. And so I just went to the garage to work in the garage and cranked it in the garage. <laughs> it's a great, my team just lost. And I'm going to crank some angry music uh, album. It works pretty well for that. At least the first few tracks. Um, so that was my new first impression. <laughs> this of the last week was how sad I was uh, about a stupid football loss, but what are you going to do? Um, yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of it. Do you guys want to go to track by track? Let's do it. Do it. All right. Well, the first track is obviously uh, the aforementioned Take It Away.
Chris Monier, let's go to you first. Dude, uh, first of all, anytime you like work some four in the floor in on the chorus, I'm a big fan. I'm in. It just this song just moves. I love it. And then um, from the moment. But Bert says brothers and sisters. I was like, I have to write a song where I say brothers and sisters. I was like, I that that I won't be able to die until I achieve this. I did eventually put it in a song, and it did not sound as cool as it, it did didn't sound as cool as this yeah. one. Shocker! Hey brothers and sisters. Hey, hey brothers. brothers. <laughs> yeah, nope, doesn't work as cool as them. Kyle, thoughts? Uh, uh, my notes are intro. Yeah. Awesome. See, I don't love the intro. Uh, Wait, are you guys uh, talking about the spoken word part? Da, 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 da. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just talking about talking about talking. Yeah, that intro's great. Da, 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 um, the freaking guitars, the bass, he's killing it. He's a great bass player. We'll talk more uh, about bass. Always. The, more the, the, the bridge is great. And then also one of my favorite things that uh, I really like their guitarist. He's really creative. And I feel like... I feel like he is an artist. Like on every song, mm-hmm. he's trying to do something different. I don't feel like he's pigeonholed into. That's the other thing to me why I didn't put the used in the screamo box because I felt like the guitar parts were different enough. You know, it wasn't just heavy. Like one of my favorite guitar parts in this song is that slightly distorted upbeat that he's playing. Yeah. Um, in between the chorus and the verse, I love that. And then also, I was gonna say the vibrato. In Bert in Bert's voice at the end when he's kind of going crazy, he's going nuts, yeah. Um, and like I wanted to, I wanted to uh, do a throwback or a, a, a shout out or callback to. This is one of the only other singers that, like we mentioned with uh, Gerard yeah. from from uh, Good Grief, My Chemical My Romance, Chem- which is name dropped um, in this song. I'm in pretty this sure, song. yeah. Uh, like this is the romance. only other dude that I think can do the things that he does, and I'm buying it. I'm in. You know, like yeah, he I'm, sells it. Maybe they totally. influence each other. I mean, they, they I were sure awesome. they, did. they were friends at this time. I don't I didn't think so anymore or something. But I think like yeah. right after the release close. of this record is when they stopped being buddies. Right, but they even did a song together. Yep. Yeah. Which is on the bonus version or the the like re-release of this yeah. album. The the. Uh, David Bowie and yeah, uh, yeah, under pressure. Yeah, Freddie Mercury cover. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm same boat, uh, uh, but all those notes, totally true. Um, also, I, mean, I don't love the talky thing on the intro thing. I kind of don't know why I don't like when albums do that. It's just maybe a pet peeve or something like that. Yeah. I feel like it would have kicked me just more in the balls if they just would have like <laughs> kicked right into that guitar play that all that stuff. Like it would have been awesome. I, I would have been into that. Uh, obviously, the bridge is. You count on me to like the bridge, uh, but that specifically the guitar part, I was just doing the same thing all the time, Uh same chord and the bass is driving Mm. the actual chord changes. I love it. I love that like kind of dissonance between the two of them. It's a, and it's a, as I say very often, it's a great opening track. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know this band before, it'd be a great intro to the band too. Yeah. Uh, Not their first record. This is kind of the first not the first one we haven't done their first record, but the first record was successful, but we yeah. just chose to do this one first because we maybe like it more as, a, think, as all three of us, you know, I think we all love this record. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so that's why we kind of went with their sophomore record too. It's obviously their better selling one too. And some stuff like that. So, uh, we'll probably come back and do the yeah. first one at some point, but we, we, it's our podcast. We can do what we want. So we right. went for, we went for that. Uh, yeah. Great first track. Uh, and then pretty great second track, which we're going to go to next, which is, yeah, uh, this album kind of takes off right here. Which is I Caught Fire. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. And
Okay, first, I feel like we need to talk about that snare drum, Chris. Uh, uh, is ha-ha. it is it eight inches wide? Kyle has the note too. Uh, I mean, it's got to be this big, right? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. It's. I tried so hard to find a picture of what snare he was playing. I could not. I scoured the internet. Sounds I tried to find. So I awesome. found a message yeah. board that mentions that it might be like an. Someone said eight by two. I was like, there's no way it's eight inches by two inches deep. Yeah. There's no way. But then I found another one that said it was like 10 by three. I was like, that sounds pretty believable because that's like a pretty common soprano kind of song. Right. Now that's still pretty shallow. I mean, that's like, this is an audio podcast. You can't see my fingers, but you know, that's a right, shallow right. snare. I mean, that thing sounds like it is cranked within it, an inch oh. of snapping in half. Sounds yeah. awesome. But and it's, it, uh, he had a snare, he had a sound. No, yeah. no, it, it is a unique sound and it sounds really cool. And you think about, What's that Metallica album where they took a chance with the snare drum? They oh, took it way too long, like, but the they can go like garbage. Right, but what I'm saying is like uh, you Saint, can you Saint Anger, Saint Anger. Like yeah, when you take terrible. a risk with drums, like you're really playing with fire. This is an area where like you just keep it slow and steady. Don't make a, don't rock the boat. You're in the back, you know. Like <laughs> yeah. you, get the, don't, you don't get to take a lot of chances, you know. And then uh, no, it sounds really good. No, I'm with you guys. Yeah, the problem one. with uh, the the Metallica album is he turned the snare off, so all you heard was. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh, I mean, that's a literally. I'm oh, making so, yeah, the exact sound. That I was the snare you, made. right. I was borrowing from terrible. like the most extreme example. But I think this out. is cranked as tight as that one. Oh was. yeah, uh-huh. and yeah, they um, probably had to have a guy come in between takes with like. You're not kidding. I mean, yeah. really, like I've not heard a snare sound that tight, no. maybe ever on a recording. No, uh, it's still ringing somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from the last note of this song, but it's it still... cuts through really well. It yeah. works well for this thing. I can hear on this track like where he they were probably fighting back with Feldman, <laughs> as far as like. That so that second verse where it just goes to the like the hi hat kind of sixteenth note things and the the bass uh, hitting the notes. I can tell what they wanted to do. They wanted to do chugging guitars there, you know. And I get. I mean, this is so again awesome. pure speculation, but I'm just guessing what I know of the used. Like that was probably not their comfort zone to be like, nope, we're doing. 16th note things on the drums and then we're going to just have the bass drive this part with super clean like strumming things up top uh i just assume that's where that pushback happened yeah i could be wrong i could see that but also judging by a little bit of feldman's then coming you know production stuff and where he kind of like has some not signature things i don't feel like he's like a one-trick pony at all but but it makes the song so much better like with those dynamics in there Right. Other thoughts on uh, on uh, I Caught Fire? So, I mean, the snare, that was a big note. That guitar line is freaking cool. Is it one of the, is it like maybe the best guitar hook of the decade? I mean, it's it's a pretty tasty lick. It's a great lick. Um and then also, I love that from that clip that you played, I love when the bass and kick are just grooving there. Yeah. Oh, oh that's a, so good. That's a note Yes. Those guys do this a lot. Yeah. And it sounds freaking great. But that's not a common thing in this genre. No. No, no, no At no. all. To be like, hey, we're going to let the bass and the kick groove a little bit. We're just going to groove. Just a little bit. <laughs> well, like, that, It's not a common yeah. thing to drop out on the verses or whatever like it's that. Very uncommon to have a rhythm section that freaking tight and also a super creative guitar player 
Yeah, well, mostly because there nuts. weren't that many. There's not that many good bass players, honestly, back then. <laughs> yeah. There's just not. Like, it's a bunch of people that play guitar, or, and they're or like, I can play bass. bass players, even. Right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can think of a handful of bands from this era that, like, had fantastic bass players that really made, like, the whole thing work way better. Like, Saves the Day is another one. Oh, oh yeah. even, yeah. That had... Like those songs are changed because of the bass lines, right. and I feel that's like they it. Used, yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's like Different. a song, like the, "Get Up, Kids" or right. another one, right? Um, where the bass line actually is driving uh, at least aspects or parts of the song. Yeah, yeah. And like it makes it kind of makes or breaks some of the stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think that the rhythm section of this band really like takes them up a notch that a lot of people were not. Um, it was there were a lot of good drummers at the time. I feel like because Travis Barker and inspired so many people to play the drums better. Yeah. <laughs> but there was not like the bass player people were looking up to necessarily. Uh, unfortunately, Kyle, maybe yeah. you should have, you know, been the guy. No, I mean, I was the guy guilty of just like winging it. <laughs> yeah. Finger picking <laughs> notes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's just uh, that elevates what you can do as a band. It gives the guitar a lot more room to breathe. Yeah. It like, I imagine the confidence level on stage uh, jumps up quite a bit. If you've yeah. got that good of a rhythm section. And this is a, that, that second verse is a great example. Uh, let's go to let it bleed. This voice is my intoxication. I broke the needle up in my skin. Pick the scabs and pick the bleeding. Yeah, somebody was all in pain. Let it bleed. Take the red for what it's worth. Watch the fire. Mama, fill your lungs with strong for the last time. If you feel like dying. If you feel like dying. You guys have no idea how hard it was to find 30 seconds of that song yeah. that I wanted to do you because it's uh, did the right all of it's fantastic yeah. uh, Chris what are your thoughts on Let It Bleed that's funny you picked that part because I, I, I wrote specifically down cool breakdown might want to scream quiet part and then the cuts I, I stops or cuts you know where yeah. they cut uh, out yeah. but like when, uh, every time I hear the song all I can think about is like the, the peas like yeah. that it, it always hits my ear and I, it just kind of like makes me go ah <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've always it's always drove me a little nuts, but I've always liked it too. There are a few uh, like plosion things going on. Do you hear it? I do hear that. Okay. Like if I had to nitpick one little thing about it, but I mean, yeah, he's obviously just like absolutely singing his heart out, and uh, yeah, yeah, no, it sounds cool. Yeah, um, and then obviously this is another song with a bassline just freaking rips. That's man. a five string for sure. That low, is that that, that low, low note? note okay, yeah. so I was gonna ask uh, Kyle. Like I was like, that's you can't yeah. hit that. I thought maybe, or I also thought maybe it's like some Feldman trick where he's like, no, you just plug right here into the mixer, oh, and then I go. Brr. I mean, like, yeah, it, but I mean, I think that's just a five string. He's a obviously he's good ripping bass on the bass. He's an yeah. the bass player. That little, an actual bass player. Yeah, that yeah. little triplet thing on the snare on that part. Da, 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 da. I mean, dude, that <laughs> is some cool stuff. And you just go like, this could have been a boring song. I know that sounds weird, but like you could have played it straight. But they kind of have a it's bouncy, which is weird. For this genre, yeah, not totally. a lot of bounciness going on. Not only that, the clean, like the clean guitar in yep. the verse, like musically, it's without cool. without without Bert singing, like it's interesting. It is like, it, I, and also it could have been anything. Like, yeah, I don't even know how he's playing that guitar part. Like, yeah. I, did, I don't understand. About the yeah, the little weird harmonic yeah. thing. He's not Again, harmonica I, thing. Harmonic e thing. Did you guys watch the? Um, did you watch the Maybe Memories re-release DVD? I honestly intended no. to before this, and uh, I just didn't get to it, but I am going to like, so watch it. 
some like it, it talks about how inventive Quinn is it Almond Quinn yeah Quinn Almond um, how inventive that dude is and how him and him and Feldman like their personalities just really clicked because here's this dude that writes these inventive parts which is probably why the guitars sound phenomenal and on this record so like um, I know we're not talking about this record but the very opening track on maybe Memories. I don't know how familiar you guys are with that record, but there's I a really so. Dun, 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 dun. so uh they got the tone from rubbing a vibrator on the guitar strings no way. over the pickups. Yeah. So like I mean, there's just no telling what they did to to make it right. sound the way that it did. They did anything. They did whatever it took. <laughs> Why was there a vibrator at the studio? <laughs> They're like I gotta hey. know. Maybe, Maybe I don't want to know. Let's go actually. buy a vibrator. Let's try that out. Maybe That's not the craziest thing to think. Like yeah. vibrator and a guitar. Would well, do if someone was cool, like, "Oh, there was a Jack Daniels bottle," and I st- I'd be like, "That makes sense." Yeah. Oh, I see. You're, you're yeah, saying, yeah, it's a little yeah, random. Yeah. <laughs> it it's a little random. random. Uh, but, it, other, but it did the trick. Uh, any other thoughts on uh, Let It Bleed? I love how clean it is, and then how. I mean, I think that bridge is the heaviest moment on this record. Uh, no. You don't but think so? I would disagree. I would say it's got to be something in uh, in sound effects and overdramatics. But okay, yeah. yeah. But outside of that, maybe yeah, pretty yeah. heavy. Yeah, and he so. goes real crazy on the vocals and stuff. But yeah, it's a really cool. And then after the crazy part, it gets even more chill. Yeah, for that like two yeah. bars, where it's just like the guitar. Yeah. Anyway, All right. uh, it's very cool stuff. I'm into it. Uh, let's go to all that I've got. thoughts on all that i've got so um i love how happy the intro is and kind of poppy how how poppy this song is like strings and everything yeah i mean it's just kind of it's kind of um like uh, what's the right word Uh, not dramatic but like the theatrical a little bit you know like it's it's over the top but also uh just I feel like they kind of chill out on the instruments and everything's just kind of happy and straightforward. Yeah. I love the way the snare sounds. Um, and then I love the bells on the outro or the, I don't know if it's bells or you have, I bells. wrote Glockenspiel. The Glockenspiel. But just cause I wanted to try to type that word. <laughs> right. Yeah. Autocorrect. Help me. Save me. But yeah. Excellent. Yeah. This is where it, there had to be some Feldman stuff going on there. I yeah. doubt, I doubt Bert came in with the Glockenspiel and was like, Hey, I really like this on this track. Uh, just a guess. I could be totally wrong on the dynamic there, but um, and again though, it it works. You're right. It's uh, it's kind of dramatic. It's uh, I love the like I love how well they go from the like arpeggiated thing to the heavy stuff, and I feel like they just again it's really good dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. I I wrote. I wrote hip hop question mark because there's like these like haze and whoa what do they call that in hip hop like where they have the guys that just hype like, yeah Is yeah that like a hype guy there, but there but there's like a little like little Burt's like screaming at you you know from different <laughs> angles saying different things uh yeah the Glockenspiel I I put I also wrote level five November rain. 
because it's not full on November rain. Mm. But like, there is a lot of freaking stuff going on in there this song. Is, yeah. like, when you put on some nice headphones, it's also half as long as the song November. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's a five. It's not you know out of ten, out of ten. I don't know if I I should say that, but yeah, little glockenspiel, little piano or or uh, bell thing, and then um, str- yeah, and the, st- and the strings all of a sudden, it's yeah. Really pretty song. This song uh, is perfect. like legit string arrangements too, not like yes, exactly. token yeah. strings. Yeah. Not like okay, so you just play the notes of the guitar right, yeah. Like, <laughs> just it's play like the they, chord like, changes. Put some thought into it. Yeah, just play the chord changes. And uh, then I, I need I say it, but the bass line in the last chorus again. Uh, there's probably there's not, that's not really a song. <laughs> we on just this say album. that every song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bass the, player, excellent. It just it was it was a it's a rare thing. It's still a rare thing that a. Uh, because there's no love for bass players, unfortunately. Um, they get almost none of the credit when they do awesome things. Well, and also, like, easily the least visible dude in this band, right? Like, I can't picture him. Uh, I know his name's Jeff. I don't remember what his last name is. I can picture him, but, like, least visible dude in the band. And, like, I don't even think at the time I realized how much he was killing it. No, no, I definitely... This is, like... The, this is the re-listen this, re-listen this week where I was like, oh, the bass player kind of kills it. Of course, <laughs> you know, my 86 Maxima didn't have a lot of low end. Right, so right. maybe I'm also like listening to it with uh, some nicer equipment now. Uh, I would say you've upgraded a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Hopefully. Probably a couple a couple more speakers in your car now than there were in the old Maxima. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even have a link on the Wikipedia page. Like, right. Even though we're like... Jeff we, Howard. We That's a shame. J-E-P-H. Yeah. He's Jeff oh. with a P-H. Yeah. That's I've never seen that before. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like Stump with a Stump. <laughs> which, Patrick by the way, Stumpf. we were wrong in the last episode. Patrick Stump's name is actually spelled S T U M P H. That's his legal name. No. Shut up. <laughs> and uh, wait, are you serious? I'm serious. It's his legal name, and like, he, <laughs> but he changed it. It's like a stage name for all of their records that just ends in P. So why did Motion City do it? Just to mess with him? His stage name is to maybe drop they didn't the know silent that he dropped yeah. from his name. <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, uh, Mike Ray gets uh, total credit for this. Who also shares a birthday with you, bastards? What <laughs> birthday, <laughs> buddy? Birthday buddies Couple. don't call each other out, Mike. Sorry, he's a, he's a few years younger than you, old folks, but uh, still shares the May Fourth birthday. So yeah, we were wrong, and <laughs> we put a clip on Instagram and everything, but it's still pretty funny. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's still hilarious, but yeah, we were wrong. Uh, I forgot to like, uh, you know, call you guys up on that. So um, yeah. So anyway, uh, what are we going to now? Oh, cut up angels. Let's do that. Here we go. This song is barely more subtle than Kenny's lyrics on uh, Bedroom Talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not... I it's, can't remember. Were you a fan of the lyrics of that song? <laughs> yeah, Bedroom Talk. It almost makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> if this song wasn't so good, uh, these no, lyrics would make me uh, cringe a little bit. But uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts? <laughs> so um, I love the out-of-tune piano. Like yeah, it's the, like a it's like a honky tonk, and and, uh, and I love the that cowbell that's in that part. But this song uh, today 
I made this note and I've been smiling about it ever since. This song is kind of like it's kind of like their Randy Newman song. <laughs> like Randy That's Newman could not have, on my notes, like, just so you know. <laughs> like picture picture that. Like it totally is. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to get that out of him, but it does have it does have a little bit of that quality to it. And it would be amazing for Randy Newman to cover this song, oh. especially with all the obscene lyrics. Yeah, I mean he <laughs> makes this happen. That'd be pretty great. Yeah, we should. Randy Newman should come out with an emo cover album. Like uh, <laughs> that would be pretty good. Uh, that's a good note. I don't know how we're gonna top that, but Chris, do you have any notes on Cut Up Angels? Uh, yeah, I, obviously, I said Western Saloon style piano, awesome. Uh, and then uh, the um, I, I mentioned something. I don't know if we've talked about this. Um, I was a fan of the bass line. <laughs> what? I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It. That's a good, uh, good note. Uh, so, like, I, I thought the outro of this song was... Th- this is literally the song that my future wife, my wife now, played She's, for me. Now that blew me away. Wife. Still wife. Yes. <laughs> Current. It's hard to Current talk about wife, time. Ex-girlfriend. At the time. Right? Yeah. 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 I don't know um, how that works. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, um, the ending, like how it swells up. Yeah. I, I thought it was a key change. It's not, but I. It, it's not. It's definitely not. No, I but it's so right. epic. Yeah. That like in my mind when I went back to listen to it again, I was like, oh, and this is the part with the key change, and I was like, oh, it's not a key change. It kind of sounds like one, but yeah. well, it's just really it. It, it gets. Big. It's that dramatic. Yeah. That that it, apparently my younger self like remembered it being a key change. Yeah. I'm trying to see. Uh, I'm trying to see who played keys on that part. I'm uh, Bert apparently. Yeah, Bert's a piano player. Randy Newman. And Randy Newman. Get, uh, Randy right. Newman with an H Randy, on the end. Randy Newman. <laughs> His legal name. Newman. Oh, so Bert. Newman. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's like such a cool little part in there. Wait, it so he can cool. like legit play piano? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. What do they? Where do these guys come from? Utah. <laughs> Hey, my favorite credit on this record, by the way, Quinn Alton. I know. It's I, I knew that. My favorite uh, credit for, for Quinn on this is group member, guitar, slash toy instruments, slash toys. Yeah. There are toy instruments on this. Yeah. So uh, you got to give got to give credit where credit is due, right? You know, you got to get that toy, toy instrument credit. Uh, let's go to listening. Like this is probably a good point to talk about how like I am not generally I don't like screaming. It's just okay. like I think I've said that yeah, on it. this podcast before. Mm-hmm. It's not my thing. This bleeds up to the edge of what I like. Okay. Though. So I'm like, I'm still okay with all this. Yeah, my question it. is, I never saw them live. Does he pull all this up live? Like he did in the back in the day, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Jumping from yeah. Like that pure clean stuff to just like, oh, he's a phenomenal know. vocalist. Yeah. Also, that also, like, have you guys, I don't know if you guys have seen, but like, if he's in an interview, dude has like a bass speaking voice. Like, yeah. Like, That's sounds weird. like he smoked a thousand cigarettes <laughs> he that probably, day. He probably and he probably has. has. Yeah. And like, I mean, dude is. Dude is like true baritone. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's all over the place. Doesn't yeah. sound like that when he's singing. No. No. At all. 
I just always wondered how people went from that. Like that's a pretty dramatic change. Like in the middle of that clip we just played. Yeah. Oh, like right. For two yeah. words, he screamed, and then he went back to singing. I can't. And I don't know how people there's, do that. There's no way the guy's still singing like that. I no. Mean, Elton John can't hit the high notes. You know this guy's right. not hitting those anymore. But back in the day, dude, he yeah, he used to he like nailed it. throw up on Puke. stage and stuff because yep. he he pushed himself really hard. Yep. <laughs> that's not good for your vocal cords. No, no, either, it's a, yeah, the acid. Yeah, yeah that's it's bad. Not, it's, yeah. You don't want that. Uh, thoughts on, on listening, Kyle? Uh, I mean, as Chris said, uh, the bass lines are pretty good. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like a broken here's, record. Here's the but thing: they are. we could, we, we can, and we probably will say that on every song. And this dude still has not gotten enough credit—the the credit that he deserves for I this agree. record. Um, and then, and then, um, I really like the uh, the. I, I don't know what the right word is. I guess muted the stopping the the rhythmic guitar on the chorus. Dun, 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 yeah, you know what I mean. Like I love that with the little. The lead part over it, I mean, bass lines, guitar parts. Um, I will say one thing that we haven't talked about much, and I don't know that we will, because Bert, although he's a phenomenal singer and like he's great at, at taking what he's written and putting it in the song, like he is one of those dudes that without question is writing poems and then making it fit to the music. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. And this one is where. Yes. Swing and a miss. Yeah. I knew like, we'd be the same. Great, great song. Don't but like, ever write the words. It's kind of funny how on a song <laughs> like that. Oh, it, it, it just always hit me wrong. It, it's just lazy. Right. It's well, such a good song. But I mean, it, I it's feel... kind of funny how I'm like, oh, that's how every awful tweet starts out. For the most part, I don't find myself remembering this. <laughs> I think it's like, kind don't of funny even, how. Don't you even know, waste the characters. Kind of funny. <laughs> That's interesting. I uh, I always wondered that about. I'm you know I'm a terrible lyric writer, so I always am starting with melodies and that kind of stuff, and that's the last thing to come. But yeah, uh, I don't know. He seems musical enough. I, it's hard to. It's, I'm not know? saying he's bad. I'm just saying like I no, I'm feel just saying like the you order. can tell. I think you can tell. I don't know the order, but I think that he's very much an artist. Like I yeah. I wrote this. I wrote these poems, and we're gonna make songs out of them. Well, and the. I took your maybe, maybe this is not how you intended your comment, but the way the way I took it was this was one where it just didn't quite jive because if when you're when you're writing music that way when you're writing the lyrics first you it, this one almost felt like we were trying to force it a little it bit sh- it shows yeah, to me it, on precisely this yeah, yeah yeah there there are a few lyrics on this album that I'm kind of like Ey. I think it's kind of funny how that. you just like write your lyrics first. I think it's kind of funny. It's, you know what? I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, you did it right. <laughs> I mean, I've probably used that line in a song, so I'm not going to make too far. i got to do an inventory first before I make fun of that too much. Uh, let's yeah, go to how. Let's go to Yesterday's Feelings. Upright bass at that. I mean, we're gonna keep Is talking it? about bass. It oh, sounds yeah, like it's dude, gotta be. Yes. that's an upright. I mean, oh, there's I had no, no idea. That's, that's crazy. So cool. Bastard is not just. He's a, our age. Yeah. When did he have all 
this time. Yeah. Utah again? Is that the answer? Yeah, I mean, I think. I guess there's yeah. nothing else that even get really like. Yeah. I'm just gonna get really good at this. <laughs> I can go to I can go to Temple, or <laughs> yeah. I can or I can jam the bass. Yeah, I mean, it says bass and bass <laughs> instrument. I mean, I, that's got to be an upright. If it's not an upright, it's like a muted fretless bass. But I mean, it's dude. Still I think that's impressive. an upright bass. I think it's upright too. It sounds like an upright, and uh, we've got. I don't know. Just again, like it's a really cool production. It's a, a cool change of pace, and there may there may not be t- like a back to back song. Like the end of this one into the next one is so <laughs> I good. I mean, yeah. it's just it's perfect. I don't know if they wrote them knowing they'd be in that order on the record, or if it was just happy, um, you know, a happy accident or something, but. The end of this track going into uh, the next one, which is why did I just uh, light with a sharpened edge? I mean, gosh, it's it's so good. Now, but... does this song have? Well, I wrote down that I kind of like because it didn't feel produced, but is it still? You guys are you guys are better in this. Well, space than the me. idea is, I mean, I think the idea is to make it be a little bit more like the the drums are very more like it's a room mic picking oh, up the yeah. drums okay. and the upright bass. So I mean, it's so I think there's some it's clever so, things that make it sound simple. But it's, it's supposed still, to yeah. sound like a T Bone Burnett record kind okay. of thing or something. I mean, that would be my guess is what I think they were going for that kind of thing. It sounds like a band in a room, you know, specifically the bass, the rhythm section, and even the vocals are kind of like sound like they're in a room kind of well, thing. Well, you know, I don't know what that, I don't know what that, um, key effect is either, but that sound is very like, there's a reverse thing going on in the background too, but, for but, sure. But it's like a, like almost like a seventies, sixties keyboard sound, you know, in that part that was going into the bridge right there. I'd have to listen to it again. Uh, I don't really, I'm not, it's like, um, I'll like, go back to like that. tears of a clown type sounding. Oh, nice. So. Uh, do you know, here's a weird thing that you say about, about, that made me think about that. This sounds like this is such a stretch, but this sounds like a Jars of Clay song. Whoa. <laughs> You're talking about Randy Newman, but like I can hear like this being a, you know what I mean? It just has this weird kind of like, uh, I don't know, almost like you said clown. It sounds like a circusy yeah. kind of thing. Like it's got this kind of wavy back and forth feel. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, like I... I imagine they didn't come into the studio and go like, we wrote this song on upright bass yeah. and a single snare drum with brushes. And uh, <laughs> Probably not. I, I imagine that it had a different feeling to it, maybe, or at least a little bit. And this is where Feldman comes in and goes like, ah, I know what to, I know yeah. what to do with that. Uh, he's a really good producer. And I think he's, I think he's one of the best of Me in, too. in this genre. And like, I think there's probably like a handful. People talk so much noise. I know. Who talks crap on them? I guess not us, but I've re- I've read I've read the noise that people think his records are boring, and it's like, man, they sound so good. Yeah, because I mean, he a lot a lot of guitars just go straight into the board, right? Like, there's not a lot of amplifiers on yeah. on the lower. He's a, he's an all digital dude, from right. what I understand. And That's so, what I'm like, getting at. Like, it, it's, it's like yeah, but he sounds good. But it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he makes it sound good. Like. It, the digital analog thing is such a like stupid argument because to me it's about what you do with it. Like you can you can definitely do bad digital and you can do bad analog. It's not like, oh, good for us, we did it. Like I've heard tape records that were like bands patting themselves on the back and it like, well, it doesn't sound very good though. Like you yeah. didn't yeah, take your time you. You spent and a lot you of didn't money. spend time like putting the mic in the right place and so it just sounds it doesn't sound good. And well, then other had, bands do it great. We had like Gregorian chants. And then we had classic instruments. Yeah. That was like, what, 900 years? And then there's this little blip where guitars came out. Yeah. And then they were electric. 
for like another blip. Right. So what, what's everybody freaking out about? Well, specifically, <laughs> specifically like the like the tape to digital thing. Like there was a bad gray area in like the late '90s, early <laughs> the, 2000s. Like the musical version of the Uncanny Valley. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, where yeah. like you, it was like there was some. But stuff. you had to you have to push through it so that we get where we are now. That's Even with like auto tune, like there's some really bad stuff that was not like auto-tune as an effect in like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. And, uh, and so there's some really bad stuff there, but no, it's like, this sounds phenomenal and you, you know, it's a tool. It's like, you can, and we're having the same argument now with film stuff too. It's like, everyone's arguing about film versus digital on shooting for movies. And it's like, it's about what you do with it. Um, anyway, I would, uh, that's weird. I would like to, I'm going to read the noise now. I'm going to get on Reddit and read the noise on film and see if I agree with it. You never bothered you, the the digital stuff, right? Because it just sounds good. Uh, Who cares? I mean, that's exact. I mean, that's what I care about. That's what you put in front of it. The mics, the preamps, all that stuff, and the performance and the producer, that matters more than if it goes to tape or not. It's just easier to edit on digital than it is on tape. I think his records sound so good, like, and I'm such a fanboy uh, of Feldman, like no lie, I would buy a record solely because he produced it like without ever hearing a band. Even if you didn't even know, you just and one yeah. one of my favorite records. I'm not even sure if you dudes heard it, but he did this band that like I I never did anything called City Sleeps. You guys familiar with that? Uh, no, I saw that. No, I saw that credit and it Oof. sounded familiar. But I think it's because I have a song called City Sleeps, you, but it's you not. That's it why it sounded familiar. <laughs> Sounds no. so good. You've mentioned this before to us. Okay, yeah. I'll check that out because uh, I'm with you. I like a good producer. I'll listen to the record and headphones at least yeah. once. Like I like it, he, and he's one of those guys I really like. And uh, there's a handful of those where I'm like, oh, if they produced it, I will check I'm it in. out. Yeah, yeah. There's probably ten of those or something that I would I would do. <laughs> I like typed that. in City Sleeps and there's a lot of entries for Blake's song on my. <laughs> music here yeah it's only because it's your that's not if you type it into google i promise oh, you it yeah, will yeah, not no, be in the like in the first seven pages of a match. google uh result uh so uh let's go to uh, you know like i said the outro of this song into the next one is fantastic so we're going to go to light with a sharpened edge I think to Kyle's point uh, on the guitar playing, like that's a part that we could teach Chris how to play on guitar. Yeah. And Chris is not a fantastic guitar player. He's Ouch. a drummer. Uh, but it's perfect. <laughs> it's awesome. And it's not near as complicated as the intro to uh, the second track. Right. But it's like way, but it's perfect for this it's song. Tasteful. It's very tasteful. That's all great music should be. Did we have this conversation the other week about Billy? Eilish, or maybe I was talking to my wife about this. Oh, no, yeah, you told us. Yeah, yeah, the story about like, yeah, it's, yeah, of course, simple song. You didn't write it though. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't. <do laughs> you it. Did, yeah. yeah, that's that's. Uh, uh, I think the, exactly okay, how I feel so, about that. Like, yeah. Again, I don't know if this is Feldman. I don't know if it's them, but I love the choice. On it was it really hard for me to pick thirty seconds for this song. Mm-hmm. I went with the bridge because that seems like the obvious place to go. But I wanted to start from the beginning. I yeah, wanted yeah. to do the bridge. I wanted to do first. I wanted to do chorus. Um, the the intro being so clean, like that, mm. those guitar parts and stuff like really makes it when they come in at the end of that bridge with the full throated rhythm guitar with that part. Like it just makes it so much better than, yeah. and I don't know who came up with that, but, um, it, the intro of this song is 
it it really makes you go like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about what's going to happen. Also, I know that we're all fans of of uh, a solid bridge, but like, if you pull off a musical bridge, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's yeah. A, there's there's lyrics before it and stuff. The part before it is a is a yeah, yeah. I guess that's I guess that's the I guess that's the pre solo. Yeah, the pre solo, <laughs> which and the solo is just the same line from awesome. the beginning with like that you know yeah. that two bar thing at the end or whatever that, that changes the 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 pattern or whatever. And then it goes in that really pretty, like arpeggiated acoustic with strings and it builds back up for another chorus after it. I mean, it's like a great, I mean, it's a perfect song. It's It's fantastic. Yep. Um, And it's all like, I was going to ask Kyle but like you weren't as much of a punk rock fan in the nineties, but right. Almost every punk rock album, in the '90s, like it always had to have one six eight song on it, like one song with the shuffle. I love six eight, and so like I, I was like, I, I felt like these guys, these guys are our age, almost like on the money. Oh yeah. So I'm like, I know, because I know I was always like, well, I gotta put a six eight song on this record. Like yeah. you've got that's the only way in punk rock you could make it like divide it up a little bit. So <laughs> that was how that. you broke the record. Right, up. right. I but, love six eight. I think it's uh, rarely is there a six eight song that I think is crap. <laughs> that makes sense. It's hey, like just no, that's the rhythm. Right. Just the rhythm it of it good. lends itself to yeah. great, like, uh, I don't know what it is about it. Like, it's just, a, it's a good feeling, um, especially in this specific, like, tempo. It's a good tempo for a 6 eight song. I like it. Kyle, do you have any other thoughts on Light with a Sharpened Edge? No. It's, uh, it's, what was my new one? It's a jam for me, dudes. <laughs> it's a jam for me, dudes. It's a jam for me, dudes. I feel like this song, too, is like, uh, you, you know, the, um, the big... Uh, solid booster rockets uh, on the space shuttle and how they light those sparks at the bottom because this record's about to go off. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> like, not we, off the rails in a bad way. No, but no. Like, off, it is just not... like, like, we just listened to this creamy 6-8, like, tasty jam. Tasty jam? No. See, I don't, I don't know. No, it's phrase. a jam for me. It's a jam for is me. Is it dog? Do you say dog at dudes? <laughs> but you say dudes because you're not, uh, not Randy Jackson, yeah. so you say dudes instead of dog. Not, okay. No, you, say, you said that me, last week. Not for me, dog. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Uh, also, hey, let's go ahead and say that Like, I feel like this would maybe be the song. Is Are we calling Sacred it the Heart Sacred song? Heart song? <laughs> the song that would be on the end yeah. of Scrubs? I was going to say this one or, or potentially Yesterday's Feelings. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that could be, I could see that, but I feel like this one has that upbeat thing to it that I feel like it's a nice closer of like, we're learning a lesson here. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, let's go to sound effects and over dramatics. Chris Monier, we're going to you first. I wrote, ba 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 man man. You ride out that guitar yeah. part. That's b u h b u h b u h m e h m e h exclamation point. Yeah, yeah, that makes this sense. This song freaking rocks, dude. And uh, Sean from Kolesk in the uh, on the bridge, like who if if so Kolesk was a band, uh, not nineties, early two thousands. 
they were like the original like hardcore band. They were from Lawrence or from Kansas. I was gonna say, were they in? Were they? Did they make it to the two thousands? Right, it, but but a lot of bands like the used yeah. borrowed their style and their sound from and Reggie from Reggie and Full Effect was in that band too. Probably. Reggie didn't know that. Or James Dewey's he's yeah. not Reggie, obviously. Right? But yeah, yeah, he's not really. So Reggie, so but. Sean makes an appearance on the song and on the bridge, I believe, and it sounds freaking cool. That's a fun tidbit, but uh, unfortunately, I hate this song. Oh, oh no! <laughs> but it's only because there's just so much screaming it's, no, in it it's, that it it's, makes me want to yeah. pull my hair out. It's too much for me. And it like I'm I didn't really think about this before, Chris, but when you said it, it makes me go like this sounds exactly like he had this written down and then crammed those lyrics into those verses. Oh that was yeah, yeah. Was exactly. that whoever said that? Right. Like that like now that I listen to it again, I'm going like, Oh, that is what happened yeah. there. Because yeah. he's like cramming some syllables in there for yeah. sure. Um and I think that there's like it's weird. I think the thing with the used that uh uh gets me is that like when the lyrics are like cringy in the sense that like, I don't necessarily love lyrics about, you know, pulling people's pants off and flipping them over or whatever (laughs) just happened in this clip. Uh, That's not my, that's not, it's a no for me dog. But when that's set to like a bouncy poppy kind of thing, I'm like, all right, more palatable. I'm into it. But when it's set to this, that's all I hear. Like that's like, it's like, Oh, this is an angry. Blake's saying he likes to be wined and dined. (laughs) Yeah. I like to, you know, take me out to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Don't just pull my pants down and flip me over. (laughs) You can't just just jump to that. And so definitely just jumps. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, and it's the same thing we talked about with motion city on the last one. It's like, if that was all to this kind of music, I don't think I'd like it. I think those lyrics would maybe even bother me. Cause I'd be like, Oh, I'm very worried about all this talk of suicide and heroin use. And you know what I mean? It's like, but like, I'm very concerned for Bert. Yeah. Young man, you need help. You know what's funny? (laughs) Didn't think about it at all in 2004. I mean, I was never, never, I didn't, I mean, I caught some of the stuff, like some yeah. of the sexual stuff. You it comes you out like that. Feel like your parents a little bit, like when they would hear, like, okay, do you know what he's talking about? But Christopher? I never, I Christopher, never. He's talking about taking that young lady to the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I never he's caught the heroin use stuff. I never having s with her. Yeah. I didn't catch that stuff, and no. it's not because I was like young and naive. I mean, two thousand four. No, I was we were in our twenties. Yeah. yeah, I was twenty one or whatever. I mean, it was. I Just was like not... the beat, mom. Yeah, I just like I just like the the feel of it. Uh, no, it was uh, <laughs> that was a bad choice of words. As I do often. <laughs> but you know, it's like uh, so. This song's just too much for me. I just can't. It's too much. I sk- I, I skipped this one. Uh, this this spot on the CD is pristine for me. Uh, <laughs> skip it. Skip. 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 Sorry, Kyle. What are your thoughts on on this song? You probably like I, it too, which is fine. I I love it, but I have to say, every time Chris does like a because mom like. I think of, and this is this is dating me, but do you guys remember? We're the, old. It's a do you remember the alert. drug uh, commercial, the anti-drug commercial? Oh my god! And the guy's like, "Hey, where did you where did you get this stuff?" And he's like, "I learned it from watching you, Dad." It's the best. <laughs> the only dr- the only anti-drug commercial I remember is the one with that girl from She's All. What was that song? What was that movie where like she's, she's kind of nerdy? Oh, is it she's all that. Yeah, she's That's a lot. Rachel. Uh, yeah, they all had three names back oh, then. Oh man, she was. Yeah, something was, else in that commercial. She didn't want you to do drugs, and so you. So I was like, "I'm not going to do it." Yeah, You're so pretty. Good job. I will not do drugs. She was like destroying a kitchen with a frying pan or something. Um, I never really understood what she was talking about, but very pretty. Yeah, <laughs> that was the so, idea. So uh, a little something for everybody. I I wrote. I really like the groovy uh, uh, verses. Yeah, the bass line. 
kicking butts. It's still a good baseline. And, and I, I, give credit I there. love the, I love the heaviness, and I no. love your note. Could you say it again, Chris? Uh, buh, buh, buh. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Well, that. every hardcore band had a song that that was a buh, 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 mammy song. Yeah, that was. Well, we played good, with. But they did it better. A <laughs> million <laughs> bands <laughs> that did that. I mean, that was like every <laughs> night. <laughs> A little, a little bit of glimpse into Chris and I's lives in our early twenties. We'd go to some small town <laughs> and we'd play it. on a bill with six bands, and we'd be the only ones that weren't going. Burr, 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 no, but we would remember. Sometimes we, uh, me and Danny would do the, uh, we'd do that for sound check. Let's make them all think we're a hardcore band, and then, then we'd, we'd kick we'd go, into a punk gung, song. Gung, gung. <laughs> <laughs> he did it perfect. And yeah. be like, nah, nah, just kidding. These songs just are about kidding. having a girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Okay, let's go to hard to say. Do you think that song might have originally been called uh, Since You've Been Gone, but then Kelly Clarkson came out with hers and they were like, well, we got to call it Hard to Say now. Maybe. Super sad, though. Gosh. Mm. Rough. Uh, But don't do drugs, kids. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, good Lord. That's awful. Uh, Pregnant girlfriend. Just a little bit, but don't do But don't do heroin. Heroin's a really bad idea, guys. Uh, Man, that's like a different level of, um, of party that I'm... Glad I was never a part of, obviously, for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. Uh, to lose two friends or one a girlfriend and a and a baby and all sorts of stuff due to that stuff. I, that's heavy. That's not like uh, there's no. Uh, yeah, that's that's rough. Oh, guys, I feel like I should mention this. I, I totally forgot because I didn't have it highlighted. But please um, do. So this is the last record that their their original drummer Brandon and I don't know how to pronounce his last name Steinkart. Uh, is a part of, and I have to believe that there was turmoil there. Like maybe like some of the creative differences were there because I think he is, he went on to play for Rancid after this. Right. And I, and like, I remember him, he had the Liberty spikes. I think he was all about that punk and hardcore life. And I think that he was, this was not, too slow. this was not his jam. So, but how can you say no to being like, Hey, my girlfriend died. But, well, yeah, but that's the thing about that's you not thought, put this song on the so record. So I'm totally with you at, because you can feel these guys pulling on each other all the time. But he, but in, in the notes it said that he wrote this song two years ago. So this was always part of him. This style yeah. of music. So surely this didn't just like come to fruition on this record. The thing right? I read was that like that was the thing that solidified it being on the record. Yeah. Was that. Oh, right, but yeah. I'm just saying stylistically, it's not like like Feldman was just like, you guys should write a ballad. Like, clearly, oh, sure. they, they had these yeah. melodic, yeah. But, yeah, you're, so he played for Rancid after this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. With, a, with a bigger snare drum, because I found yeah. lots of pictures of him playing with <laughs> Rancid, and it was yeah. not the snare drum that's on this record, for sure, because it was not uh, quite as, uh, There's, I mean, I assume it wasn't. I mean, maybe it was. Also, like, a little tidbit from that Maybe Memories DVD, like, when they got their start, they were sending him demos, these kids in, in uh, Utah, and like Feldman just kept saying, all right, like send me more. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. And then finally they sent him something that it was like, I I think they've found their sound. I think that yep. they're, you know, that was, uh, worth my time. That was the best advice I ever got from a producer that I never took was he said, 
you write, you write, you write, you yeah. don't stop. He's like, you, he's you like, everybody going. tries to write 12 perfect songs. He's like, never happens. He's like, keep sending me songs. Write 30. Yeah. Yep. He said, it's like, uh, what did he, he said, uh, like waves. Yeah. It's like, you sit out there and you wait for the best wave and then you catch, you try to catch one. And it's not good. You swim back out, try to catch another one. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people do that. It takes a lot of drive and a lot right. of effort, which is probably maybe another key to using that as a technique as a producer is like, oh, how bad do you want it? Write me fifty songs this year, like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> and 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 some of those people, I mean, like, I mean, Rivers Cuomo writes. Uh, just, he, yeah, he's a little prolific. Yeah. I mean, he writes hundreds of songs for every ten that go on a record or whatever. And there's quite a few people that do that kind of thing. And like, yeah, these dudes that write for like country people in in Nashville. I mean, they're just writing a song a day. Like, yep. whether it's crap or not, they write a song a day. Like, that's legit. Uh, I don't think most guys in bands are writing a song a day, but uh, you're going to get some good ones. You're going to get some stinkers too, but we never hear the stinkers. Yep. So we'll never know about it. So sometimes we hear the stinkers. Well, you know what I mean? Like we don't, <laughs> we don't have to, if you don't so, put them on a record. I, I was going to say, Blake, like I really like how the song sounds kind of poppy, a little bit happy, but it's super sad. And then also I think it's the most, with the way that he writes lyrics, I think it's the most clear storytelling he does on the record. Well, I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah so. But it's probably because it's the most obvious story. Yeah. I mean, as far as like you're, I would, I would imagine that would affect you pretty deeply. Yeah. Um, so that's let's really, go. It's really sad. It's awful. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's about the saddest thing I can think of. I mean, yeah. I can't think of anything that would be a lot worse sad. than that. Uh, so let's go to Lunacy Fringe on that super... High note. What are your thoughts on Lunacy Fringe? So the part that you just played, I wrote, Jaw! <laughs> Why Jaw? Is that what you're saying in the background? Because it's reggae. Oh. <laughs> See, I don't feel like it's reggae. I feel like it's... Um, right. It, it, it is a shuffle, for sure, which is not normally a thing you hear on a record like this. I'm but. never not going to hear like... Hey, man. Don't worry. It's only because of that steel drummy kind about, of thing in the background. It's not a steel drum, but what is that? It's a um, steel drum is the thing that makes the melodies, but that's a different kind of drum, and I can't think of the name of it right now. But again, there's some triplets in here, so it's weird. It's, it's like maybe he was about that punk life, but he's pretty good at this stuff too. He's dude, just a good drummer. I, I I'll l- do it. I love. <sighs> I'm not happy about it. Love this song. <laughs> it's very good. It, it, it's it's freaking awesome. Uh, production's fantastic on it. I mean, yeah. it just like has all the cool reverb and instruments and uh, yeah, cool little shuffle, great strings, great I, guitar playing. I mean, everything about it's cool. I think it's another one of those songs too, like you've mentioned before in, in on this record that like you can you can hear this song as a straightforward, they could have just done like a distorted guitars and just sang it straightforward and it would not have been half the song, you know, like it, it's so much better. Um, and I think it's because of the way that he produced them. Yeah. I would imagine, I, I feel like that shuffle had to be there going into it, but not all the other things that are going on at the same yeah. time. 
But yeah, it's good. Chris, do you have any thoughts on Lunacy Fringe? No, I can't think about anything but jaw. No. <laughs> jaw! <So. laughs> oh my gosh. All right, let's go to uh, I'm a Fake, the final track on the record. <sighs> Uh, a great way to make me melt into my seat with embarrassment, even if I'm in my a car by myself, is the opening, like, talky oh. part of this song. Yeah. Man, yeah. those are rough because there's nothing Ooh. else going on. Some edges to those uh, they, to those phrases. They yeah. bleep the C word on that Harley Quinn show. I'm just saying that, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's the only thing they bleep. There's a reason. That's like a, that's one of those words where you go, ooh, we went there? Really, Bert? I don't know if I agree with your decision. Uh... But the rest of it's fine. Yeah. But that opening part is like... His poem. It's hard to get... Yeah, his little poem <laughs> at the front of it is... is uh, <laughs> I, I, I like to picture him like putting some reading glasses on. Like at, an o- like at an open mic yeah. night at yeah. a coffee shop and just like, I've got a slam poetry I'd like to do right now. Love is not anything. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> so I, Yikes. I have a note and I wonder if you guys have this memory too. I could not find anything to back this up, but for whatever reason, it is solidified in my mind that this song is about Kelly Osbourne because he was dating Kelly Osbourne. And I remember like... I forgot about that entirely. I remember thinking that like it was the, the love is a knife was like, I think it was a lyric from one of her songs. And so really? I don't know this. I tried to find it and Google failed me on it. Do we have a nobody, timeline of when it, they were dating? That's right. Yeah. It was right. right yeah. It was, it was, it was bef- because his, you said his girlfriend died two years before this record? No, he wrote the song about his girlfriend. Okay. And she died while they were making the record. That's right. But he'd already written the song about her. And they'd back already in the split. Day. Right. Yeah. I didn't know they'd split. I yeah, they, they were split girlfriend. up. Yeah, they okay. were broke up when she was when pregnant, she but they had decided they to decided, be friends. They decided and, yeah. to be friends and have the kid. Um, <sighs> bad deal. Super sad. But well, um, yeah. yeah, the so, whole thing's a mess. The whole thing's <laughs> all, a total mess. Okay. All, all that being said, I, I'm like pretty sure... I know that he was dating Kelly Osbourne. Yeah. I know that he was on a few episodes of The Osbournes. I'm sure he hated that. And then, like, I think this. Why did you sign the release then? I think I think that I'm a fake is. I think it's about Kelly Osbourne. I cannot back that up, yeah. but I think that it is. And then also, um, I feel like I have to. This is just for me, but personally, I feel like I I have to say I'm sorry to Kelly Osbourne because I I don't know if it was like the she kind of she didn't do the dirty look well, like, you know, the needs a shower kind of look. Mm, yeah. I don't think she wore it well, Very but I think she's super cute now. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I, like she's so stylish and like, she's, she's just cute. I'll be honest. I don't think I've seen or thought about Kelly Osbourne, uh, since 2004. Yeah. I don't know that I've, I mean, you, you can take me at my word, Blake. I will. Yeah. I no believe need to you. Look it up. Super cute. Don't well, even Google it. Well, I'm going to now and put it in the show notes. Well, she so. seems they, to be living her best life now. Yeah, no, well, she they was seem like happier. 17 or something right. on that show, wasn't she? I mean, maybe. But who, she was. I dating, didn't look good when I was, was 17. She was dating Burt McCracken. 
Well, probably a hundred thousand records got sold yeah. by him being on that show. But that, I, I that do remember on that show they would show clips of him like shooting snot rockets yep. and coughing and farting and being weird. He was not playing by the rules. He was also not showering. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it was the heroin? Uh, I think he was just mess. I think he just thought it was funny that he was yeah. on a on a um, reality show and probably yeah. thought like I'm just going to do stupid stuff and see if they put it on TV, and they did. And they did. They probably encouraged it, I'm yeah. sure, as everyone did back then. They were like, we don't have to write crap anymore. This is yeah. awesome. Can you be weirder? Uh, I think I, – I bet on the Osbournes, uh, they bleeped some stuff that was just like incoherent. They were like, well, oh, we'll just yeah. pretend he said oh, something. Yeah, because remember when there. they did it – like when you got the DVD, you could watch it without the bleeps. And I was like, oh, this isn't funny Not as fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> bleeps are better. Bleeps yeah, are way bleeps better. Are, that's why we bleep our podcast. It's yep. just funnier, yep. we think. Um, anyway, well – <laughs> I was trying to think of something to say, but that's that's it. And for those of you out there, you know, we'll never know what he said. Oh, you but were it's not wondering. What you, you, were wonder, you thought I was going to say someone was going <laughs> to blast you in the face. You got to bleep that one. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I've got to remember to mark these, or yeah. I don't bleep them. Um, so let's go on to kind of our lasting impressions. Uh, I mean, I don't even know why we asked this question anymore because so far we've not done one that at least two of us don't really like. But does it hold up, fellas? Oh, yeah. Yes. I think it does. I mean, the production's awesome. It sounds like it was made this year. Yeah. 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 I really, I don't. Which uh, might be. You know, like I said, the screaming thing, I never really loved. I feel like that's probably dated. They don't ring that bell all night, though. Yeah. Like, right, it's, but they're not, it's like, yeah. eh, you know, we get a little taste of it. There's, like like I said, the the ninth track is kind of the one that does it a lot, but the rest of it's kind of like, you know, right on that, you know, edge kind of thing. Uh, is it their best album? Kyle, I feel like you're most qualified to answer this. Um, I think I think that it's my favorite record. Okay. Uh, and, and, like, I've listened to all of theirs, and I, I love all of them, but this one is special. It's, and, and you know, we we've referenced like how sad uh that story is right and like obviously that effect that had to affect him in yeah. such a strong way that like i think it was kind of the perfect storm you know not yep. to make something good out of something bad but like i think that that feldman uh coming off of a, a pretty successful first record mm-hmm. I, I think it was Momentum. the perfect storm for for them to make this record and like because I've listened to all the rest of their stuff, I can tell you guys that they never tried it again. Like, nope. They they didn't try and do part two of it. Part two, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think it's their best. I did not keep up with them a lot after this, but this week I tried to listen to most of their other records. I didn't get through all of them, but I was like, kind of like, I don't know why I didn't check these out. I like their new good. record. They're good. I've They're good. Their, I didn't listen the to their new one a yet. Good rock and roll yep. band. I listened and to the, the two that came after this yeah. one, and I was like, these are pretty good. They like, are. I don't know why I didn't. Uh, didn't get into him at the time. Maybe it's just like I I really love this record, but so I in my opinion they've put out one bad record. They had the idea to make a live like record live and all that. It's the record before this one. I can't even remember what it's called and it was with uh the guitarist from Seosin and it was like this big deal that he had joined. He had joined the used and so they're going to kick butts and it was terrible. Crap sandwich. Crap sandwich. <laughs> We don't get a crap sandwich on this album, but we at least get a mention of it. Yeah. There there are crap sandwiches in their future. Yeah. yeah. In the future. Uh, I mean, I think it, it. the answer of the question, is it their most important album, is probably yes, because it sold a million records. Well, and it bridged, it bridged I, their career really well, I thought, you know, because it, 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 they were a little 
heavier on the onset with their first record. This record, they really got melodic. And then they kind of just like played with those themes throughout the rest of their career. There's always a few songs that were like yeah. poppy and super melodic. And then some songs that were like kind of rocking. And then some songs that were super heavy. That song that was on the Transformers soundtrack oh, yeah. on the next record, that song rocks so hard. And that's like a rock and roll song. That's pretty handsome, like awkward. Head. Yes, it is. It is yes. a rock and roll song. Yeah. So well, I mean, I think I think you could convince me either way that this one or or their first one because I remember that their first one got a lot of hype on MTV, uh, yeah. box full of sharp objects. But yeah. I do think that like that's like the nardiest choice for a first single ever, right? And then and then it was um, shoot. Bam. I yeah. That song's awesome. Oh. <laughs> That's like the song of the summer of like the early 2000s. Buried Myself Alive. Is that what it oh, is? Oh, no. I'm sorry. That's I was talking about the uh, four o'clock in the FM morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what is that why song? Why can't I think of uh, that song? The, that was a huge song. Uh, Taste of Ink. That's Taste it. of Ink. There Taste of Ink. I was yeah. like, why can't great I think of that? That was one that of is the biggest song. songs and of so, the like, decade. I do think, I do think that, um, I do think you can make an argument for that record because I think that, I think that the, momentum that they picked up you know was from that going you're right this, though so. but it's weird to think about but you're right the confluence of all those events like all that stuff happening in their personal life and all that this record only exists because of the way time just unfolded for them yeah it's just a moment in time yeah. it's not even good or bad it's just like yeah. all the emotions and all the crazy stuff happening and they had all the time they could ever want yeah. to make a record with what turned out to be one of the best producers of the decade yeah agreed um desert island songs chris what are two or three of your favorites on this record i have these you know i have to say um cut up angels is just uh, Mm. a favorite for me because of uh well it's got just got a meaningful thing in my life because of because of because of randy newman right yep yep oh randy (laughs) love him uh i also um you know i just kind of a sucker for uh, yesterday's feelings just because I, I like it when these guys kind of break things down and it, it, it's a really pretty song. And I know, I know it's lame, but all that I've got, I know it's the single. I know it's the obvious choice. It's not lame. It's great. It is. Yeah. That is a perfect piece of music. It's very good. Kyle, what are your uh, Desert Island songs? Uh, Man, I feel like I've said this a lot. But it's one of my favorite records. It's hard to pick. Um, yeah. So I went, I went weird. Uh, I'm going Yesterday's Feelings, Hard to Say, and Lunacy Fringe. Okay. Nice. Uh, I think I have to go with I Caught Fire. That just that oh, guitar nice. lick is mm, fantastic. Yeah. That, that lick is tasty. Uh, tasty Cut Up Angels, I'm with you, Chris. Um, I think it's kind of a perfect song. Uh, You've like- got a friend in me, buddy. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> and then uh, Light with a Sharpened Edge. I think Ooh, those are my three. Blake. I that, I, that light with sharpened edge is just. Uh, I think all three of those are like kind of perfect songs, and they're yeah. not anywhere near the I same. Like Blake's choices. I want to take yeah. them. You can take them. That's okay. fine. It's your desert island. You can steal my Apparently stuff. Jones. I guess. Uh, what about nobody's perfect? What's the worst song in this album? Kyle, I, do you I, have one? No, no. I think it's a for me. It's a perfect album. Chris, do you have one? What's the question again? What's the worst song? Nobody's perfect. Oh, What's, I do you have a worst song. Listening, I just that lyric. Okay, just kills me. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> I'm definitely sound effects and over dramatics. I like I said, I skip it basically every time. But that's just because I don't like screaming. Really, yeah. you're right. The verses are not that bad, yeah. other than cramming a few too many lyrics in there, few too many syllables in there. 
you're really as they say in country boy you got enough words for six or seven songs <laughs> yeah, there Bert Bertland Bertland I, I also feel like that's your southern name yeah. Bertland Bertland I also feel like in hindsight we we mentioned a few I think there are a few Sacred Heart songs but I think oh, hard you, to say might be a Sacred Heart song okay I think that's um, pretty fair I just feel like they did a lot of the like. This is we're like now analyzing the end of every Scrubs episode. <laughs> I feel like it always ended on this upbeat kind of thing, like kind yeah. of like a oh, like and 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 hard to say feels a little bit more like yeah. uh, the middle of the episode where we're yeah. sad. Uh, and yeah. I'm gonna go watch some Scrubs and see if I'm right. No, about no, that, I think but... we need to find the right episodes to re-dub Ooh, with these songs. Yeah. I feel like that's the only way to go. Yeah, we'll get sued again by both <laughs> the production company and ABC? the label. <laughs> Yeah. ABC and Disney, like they got their no own. Big deal. They got COVID to worry about. They're not gonna be watching. Disney us. doesn't sue anyone, yeah, right? Man, they don't have time fine. for that kind of stuff. All right, they're well, a, they're a family company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't sue people. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> we're gonna get sued for that. Gonna, <laughs> I didn't say it. I'm gonna have to bleep that's just it. A, that's just a laugh. Uh, good luck. They probably got it copyrighted. All right, thanks for listening. And again, if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a glowing five-star review on iTunes or the podcast app. And of course, uh, please subscribe so these episodes just show up on your phone uh, conveniently every couple weeks. Uh, you next know what week. We, you know what we didn't talk about? What are we going to yeah, do next, Yeah, no. Oh, crap. We got to decide right here on the spot. Should okay, we... it's Halloween, AFI, Whose Michael turn Romance. Is it? it needs to be something spooky. Whose turn is it's it? It's my turn. Your turn. So yeah. you pick it, Chris. What are we doing next? Yeah, should we do AFI? Like, what's a good spooky Halloween thing? I mean, I think AFI is a good one. Okay, so AFI, uh, and we do the 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 Sing album, the Sing the Sorrow. Sing the Sorrow. We're gonna do AFI, Sing the Sorrow. All right, we've so known listen. it for weeks. Uh, that's just, we're just giving you information we already had. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so yeah, next episode will be AFI, Sing the Sorrow. So check that album out uh, before you listen to the next episode. Uh, get a little refresher. Listen to it. Uh, it makes this more fun. I think. I mean, no, no, I like it. Yeah, we're listening to it before, obviously. Uh, as mentioned in the last episode, you can send your comments, disagreements, or suggestions to info at Finding Emo Pod, or now on Twitter at Finding Emo Pod, or on Facebook yeah. at Finding Emo Pod, or on Instagram at Finding Emo Pod. We are now universally Finding Emo Pod. I really enjoyed the Instagram this week. I enjoyed the sound clip. Made yeah. me laugh. Yeah, even so though... we'll try to put some clips on there. Even yeah. though our clip was wrong this week, we'll try to we'll try to be better. About... But it was a conversation piece, right? It was. Yeah, and that's how we figured right. it out made that you we were think. wrong. And so feel free to comment. Tell us when we're wrong about stuff. It will not hurt our feelings. It, it won't. Uh, don't make fun of how we look. Though. Mike, I'm flying through feelings. Houston on my way home. I'm going to come find you. Don't you ever, <laughs> ever do that again. Uh, all right. Well, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>